Renata. I'm Rebecca and I'm a Jane slash Madeline. I'm Teresa and I'm a Jane slash Bonnie and we're here talking about season two episode three of Big Little Lies the end of the world. Rebecca do you have a recap? Sure do. So we pick up in the aftermath of last week's explosive episode with Madeline and Ed in the aesthetic, aesthetically appealing office of Celeste Therapist, which really begs the question, is there only one therapist in Monterey? <laughs> I think there's one of everything. I mean, Monterey. seriously. <laughs> so seeing as the therapist was instructing Celeste to visualize Perry kicking Madeline last week, this seems like a conflict of interest. But the psychiatric misconduct aside, the therapist is t- taking exactly none of their shit, first asking Madeline why she cheated, then delving into her insecurity about her college degree, or lack thereof, and finally wondering why Nathan left Madeline, to which she responds, because he's an asshole. <laughs> Neither the therapist nor the audience believe we're getting the, sto- the whole story here, but we're moving on to a quick check-in with Bonnie, who's having flashbacks to her mom teaching her to hold her breath underwater by forcing her head underwater. (laughs) We quickly bounce from this childhood trauma to another. Madeline and Celeste are having one of their intimate car chats and Madeline confides that she walked into her dad banging some rando in her parents' bed when she was like four, which is some pretty heavy stuff for a toddler and clearly had no psychological impact on Madeline at all. Madeline also feels bad that she didn't realize Perry was beating the shit out of Celeste on the reg. Speaking of Celeste, she's also putting in time on the therapist's couch this week. The therapist figures out what we kind of guessed last week. The bruises on Celeste's wrist means she's still trying to fill a peri-shaped void. The therapist is not about this and tells Celeste to focus on the bad memories and not the good. Later, Celeste walks in on the twins and Mary Louise going through a digital memory book of Perry's (laughs) greatest hits, including the super subtle proclamation by one of the twins that Perry played the best monster but then Perry's reading guess how much I love you and everyone's having a nice nostalgic moment and none of this is exactly helping Celeste move on or Mary Louise realize what a sadistic fuck her dead son was thank god Jane has no warm and fuzzy memories of Perry so when Mary Louise confronts her at work and demands she take a paternity test Jane flatly refuses and walks off it's only when Mary Louise returns for round two and catches a glimpse of Ziggy that she gets woke to the reality of the situation, because apparently Ziggy is the spitting image of her dead son Raymond. Since Jane is quite literally the nicest person in Monterey, if not the entire world, she meets Mary Louise for coffee to unpack this latest revelation. Mary Louise has decided she wants to be Ziggy's grandma, but is still unwilling to believe Perry was, incapable, was capable of violent rape because he was allegedly a cute, well-mannered kid. Though Mary Louise needs to go straight to the therapist's aesthetically pleasing couch, she winds up in the unflattering lights of the detective's office, asking if she really thinks Perry's death was an accident. Jane goes on another date with not Tom, but there's really nothing to report on this front because he's boring and weird and only eats fish that haven't tested positive for microplastics and antidepressants. Oh, and hot teacher's climate change take on Charlotte's Web causes Amabella to literally pass out from anxiety. Rihanna... Rihanna. Jesus, that's a Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> Renata reacts in true Renata form, insisting Amabella be transferred from the Monterey Hospital to Stanford because it's Stanford, which causes the doctor to recommend therapy for the entire Klein clan. Renata sort of takes this to heart, serving up the most terrifying moment in the Big Little Lies canon so far, and probably ever, the little Bo Peep child psychologist. <laughs> and now, I need therapy, so thanks a lot, Big Little Lies. Renata's next move is to go off on Principal Nepal, threatening to buy every kid in the class a polar bill, bear and then squish Nepal like the bug that he is. 
Later, she calls him a puss fuck, and I have literally never stand anybody harder in my life. Principal Nepal, who is not half as clever or funny as Renata, calls for the Medusa of Monterey, shares his secret smoke spot with hot teacher, and then throws a bespoke assembly for the parents. His word, not mine. He literally called the assembly bespoke. Crazy. Madeline, also award-winning. Yeah. yeah. I don't like know how <laughs> those two things are contradictory, Principal Nepal, but whatever. He's not clearly the brightest bulb. Madeline uses this platform to drag poor Kermit the Frog into this mess, <laughs> rambling on about lying to her kids and the rainbow connection, and everybody is high-key concerned, except for Ed, who's a real pussfuck about the whole situation. <laughs> As always, the episode ends with a montage, this time featuring Celeste masturbating to her own digital memory book of Perry, which was awesome and awful. Well, I've never seen anyone masturbate on screen more than... than Celeste. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Celeste. It she is loves creepy. the Skype masturbation, too. I yeah. Know. Celeste, get yourself a vibrator and move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, before the meat of the episode actually begins, we got a bit of a flashback to the night of, and we learn a couple of things. One is that... Um, Celeste wants to say that she pushed Perry. And the other is that either Renata or Madeline says no one pushed him. Like, I'm this not is quite silent, clear. Right? Said, yeah, and it's, it's all silent. silent. Yeah, well, so it's you can... if you turn it up real loud, oh, you can hear. Oh, okay. You can hear Celeste, like, whisper, oh, like, under the like, moody music. The, the moody music. Yeah. I pushed him. And then one of the other women. You can also, like, you can, like, read their lips. Okay. Yeah. Chime in to say that no one pushed him. Which is Did a you cue got- from the book. Renata is right. the one that starts that whole, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Right. And so, well, clearly maybe you didn't get enough of what was being said to actually have a reaction to this. But I was going to ask you, like, what did you guys get from this? Like, why are we seeing this now? Honestly, I didn't pick up on a build up to like being able to go to Bonnie, who is still like the most traumatized from mm-hmm. this. No, she's because, doing a little bit better this Because week. they have that whole effect where it's like she sees it like unhappen yeah. and then it mm-hmm. cuts to yeah, her. Yeah. So I felt like that whole thing was part of Bonnie just replaying this again and again. So we think that's from Bonnie's perspective and Bonnie's sure. flashback. Yeah. Cool. Um Okay, we just gotta jump right into like the therapist gone wild in this episode. Like I have this therapist must have seven houses in Monterey at this point. Okay, so our favorite doctor up until now, who's just apparently there's no competition is the problem. So she apparently she can just say whatever the hell she wants to her therapist or to her clients now. So she says to Ed, "You describe yourself as a go along to get along kind of guy." That means you're either wonderfully accommodating or profoundly disengaged. And it's just like, damn, bitch, what he is paying you. Like, what? But, like, that's pretty spot on. Yes. Like, I would say that profoundly disengaged is exactly how I would describe that snot. Except mom. he's also, like, wants to be messy in the drama. So, right. Like, but, like, he's he got to sort that out. profoundly disengaged when it comes to a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, a lot of things like with their marriage, but he is. And I would have, I would have thought that he was so profoundly disengaged that he didn't care if Madeline was cheating on him last season. Like as long as she kept coming home, like 
I'm still confused about. What's I think going his character on. development has been strange. I think the Ed mm-hmm. we got in season one and the Ed we're getting in season two feel kind of like two different Eds. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like that. It's it's like Adam Scott got confused about who he was playing. Like he just started playing a different character. Playing Adam Scott. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like he plays the dude. Look devil back on your notes. The good place. Like, figure out what you were doing here, and at least like yeah. give us some continuity. Well, so then this therapist starts telling Madeline that she feels bad about herself because she never got, she never went to college, and so that's why she's so upset that Abigail isn't, and is just like, this is not what therapy is. You don't just like throw your interpretation at people. Except this is Madeline Martha McKenzie we're talking about. Of course she's going to do that. Um, It feels like Madeline just needs to like straight up go get her diploma. Like, right. you could take an online class, Madeline. Like, you mm-hmm. got seemingly nothing but time. And this whole, like, <laughs> her having a real estate job, I'm like, is she even still doing that? It seems like she stops by the office mm-hmm. just to have, like, walk and talk She's, like, having people. phone conversations, ignoring clients. Yeah. So, obviously, she's not really putting in the time and energy on that. So, does this therapist seem like she's just gone off the rails since the last episode or something? It like, did seem she a little out aggressive. of character how she was interacting with Madeline and Snidefuck. I refuse to call him anything else but Snidefuck from here on out. Um, We've got Pussfuck and Snidefuck now, so the Portman dudes are definitely piling up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it was a very different interaction. Um, She, I feel like her relationship with Celeste has been different. And you understood it with Celeste. A little bit more nurturing. It's like with these two... I think it, she kind of knows. I mean, as I said, it's definitely a conflict of interest mm-hmm. that she's, like, has all this background and Madeline is now treating Madeline. So I feel like she's already, like, kind of had it with Madeline because mm-hmm. she's heard all this stuff from Celeste. And she's like, I know what you're about. Mm-hmm. I'm not about this. I'm yeah. shutting this shit down. Deal with your problems. Put this them all together and deal with them. does not seem like a legitimate form of therapy no. to me. <laughs> like, no. And you could understand when she was pushing Celeste because Celeste's life was legit in danger. Right, but these right. are just two, like, disgruntled middle-class people who are, like, fucking other people. Like, who cares? It's not that big of a deal. You don't need to be this mean to them. But do you think she could sense maybe that this... She's just trying to get them to be real about where they're at? Because these, Mm -hmm. you know... Snide fuck is just being, like, a stubborn... Mm -hmm. Like, he is just shut down. He He did have that one little tear, though. Oh, he had Mm -hmm. a little tear. Just did have one little tear. One little tear. Oh, they gave him an eye drop to like yeah, just look like he had an emotion I also, on camera. Again, Rebecca's just gonna have to tap out for this one, but I kept thinking of the therapist from Gilmore Girls A Year in a Life who's just like driven out of therapy and into a life of Broadway musicals <laughs> by the Gilmores. <laughs> And, and I'm like, is this lady just going to crack up and, sh- like, be in Stars Hollow the musical next time we see her? That would be amazing. <laughs> I wonder if she can tap dance. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So on to Celeste and this, uh, and this therapist. So she basically equates Celeste missing Perry to ret- veterans who've returned and want to go back to war. And then she calls her out on the bruises and asks her if she's self-inflicting. But... We also have some knowledge and wonder if she's having some rough sex during her ambient yeah. drives. What do you think? Is she is the therapist right or is there something she doesn't know? I didn't take what the therapist said as the therapist necessarily not thinking that there's 
a man mm-hmm. involved. I kind of took it as like she's trying to put the onus. She was on trying Celeste. to get her to talk. She was trying to like yeah. lure something out. I mean, of this her. is a, a tricky therapist. She's yeah. You know, say what you will. She's definitely good at getting people to she's, spill the beans. Yeah, I I kind of think that there's. I think Celeste is like seeking out some. And Celeste has Tinder. An, it's not sex. like she's been <laughs> has a history of self harm that the therapist knows about. She right. does have a history of violent sex. So mm-hmm. I think it makes more sense that the therapist and the therapist is not outright going to accuse her of this because we've seen how defensive Celeste can get in mm-hmm. on the therapist couch. So yeah, I, and I don't know. I I think that it's an addiction. You know, I think like she That's had. What she says she yeah. yeah it, I, I'm saying I agree <laughs> with that. It is an addiction. Like she yeah. was addicted to that. To that rush of that mm-hmm. danger and that adrenaline. that sex, that adrenaline, and she is seeking it out. Like how a drug addict, if their drugs were ripped away from them, mm-hmm. would seek it out. So later we see Celeste covering up her bruises again. Are they new or are these the same ones we already knew about? I don't know. She's got to have stock in a foundation company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the girl is going through it. She needs Kim Kardashian, this new body makeup. And with that makeup. pale skin, like, that's really yeah. hard. Yeah. Like, I am a pasty, pasty girl. And, like, if I try to, like, cover something up, mm-hmm. it's, like, really hard yeah. to do when you're, like, super pale mm-hmm. like that. I mean, my gut thinks that she's on, she's doing something ongoing. And that's mm-hmm. going to be divulged over the season. It's not just, like, this is a, an older bruise. <gasps> what if she's sleeping with Tom? Maybe that's where he is. Justice for Tom. Yeah. <laughs> That is my biggest problem with this season. I'm like, are we seriously not going to explain what happened to the cafe and Tom? I We're know. just going to move and on. And I like see he... so many people on the Facebook groups and everything are commenting I'm too. More, I feel more betrayed by the fact that they all just up and stop drinking his coffee than I do. Like something Jay must have happened. Date him, but like, like yeah, I need Man, answers. HBO. Yeah. <laughs> I'm personally victimized. Maybe by this. <laughs> this is the environmental tie-in. Maybe this is why the school system is so big on talking about climate change. <laughs> Maybe the coast eroded where his coffee shop was. But they just moved to a goddamn beach. Like, well, like maybe that part of the coast suffered an environmental. And Tom was just swept away. Yeah, that's why they keep getting the montages yes. of crashing waves. Yeah. We're just going to see Tom's little hands. Tom's everyone. the one who drowns. Yeah. Um, well, we figured it out. Fans. <laughs> All right. Little Bo Peep. Just why? I'm why? in therapy now. Why? Wait, wait, wait. Truly. So what is it with, like, Renata, like, and these costumed characters? I feel like Renata does, like, cosplay. On yeah. This, like, like, kinky well, cosplay. Well, Gordon definitely does. Mm-hmm. Like, now seeing his Little toy train room. conductor. Yeah. Yeah. Gordon definitely has some costumes in his closet. But uh, why are they always hiring, like, these costume characters? That is so terrifying. I mean, not I like a like therapist Renata, is like, but why a costume therapist? Because we're not going to be like, this does that exist? a million dollars, and this is, like, the cutting edge of child therapy, and Renata's like, we must but only like, have the best for I mean, we already know there's a good child psychologist in Monterey yeah. because Jane took Ziggy to her. Wait, did anyone she Google? Looked exactly is there like actually such a thing as a costumed therapist? I, I did not Google I am it. I got sure in California there is such a thing mm-hmm. that seems to track. Um, yeah, it was truly one of the most terrifying. The, the image of her taking out her, her teeth, teeth is seared in my mouth. Which forever. was like, why is that necessary? This kid doesn't know what Little Bo Peep... It's not like she's playing Freddie Mercury. Like, does anyone think Little Bo Peep has a certain kind of teeth? Like, it yeah. makes no sense. Mary Louise's veneers have yeah. passed around. <laughs> Ew. Um, so we also find out that besides being upset about climate change and... <laughs> And this teacher was way off, yeah, by the way. Like, Charles Webb has got nothing to do with climate change. Oh, we're going to get there. Um, Renata um, 
Amabella can sense that something is just not right with Renata. Yeah. Is this our first indication that Renata isn't holding it together, even though she seemed to have been... No, the first indication neck? for me was, like, in that very first episode when she talked it's to that house. teacher. Well, that <laughs> moment, that was in the second episode, and that was definitely... I was like, oh, yeah, we're definitely having some issues with her little Wonder Woman belt and all that. But in that first episode, her interaction with that teacher mm-hmm. was confrontational, yet, like, overly cheery and mm-hmm. a little bit medicated sounding... <laughs> So I was like, oh, I like Renata a lot. I mm-hmm. like where they're going, but I was like, she is. This is how she's coming. At first, she, I kind of took Renata's whole character development as like Laura Dern was so receptive to the way people mm-hmm. responded to Renata in season one. She she's like, like, I'm going to take this to a power of ten. Mm-hmm. And a lot of in a lot of other actresses' hands, I think that would have been really grating and annoying. But obviously, Laura Dern's a genius. But now I'm starting to think that it's intentional and she's doing this to kind of show that Renata is just really trying to keep it together. Whatever it is, I want it to, like, keep coming. Because, oh my God, like, Renata is... Renata has become a character to me that is, like, right up there yeah. with, oh. like, uh, Lisa Kudrow's character in The Comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, Karen Walker and William yeah. Grace. Like, I mean, uh, Lucille Bluth from Arrested she is Development. Literally this giving is me all the Lucy- legendary. <laughs> yes, she it's has so become good. legendary. All right, um, let's talk about Bonnie for a minute. Boho Bonnie's hanging out at the beach a lot, and which is surprising considering her mom seems to have tried to drown her as a child. Like, So last week we talked about who was this woman and yep. who was a child and what was going on, and now we just find out that her mom's saying, like, you have to learn how to hold your breath underwater so you don't drown, which... For the record, is not how you don't drown. Like, you learn to swim. You don't just learn to hold your breath. And fingers crossed they're going to pop back yeah. up. And why do you need to be prepared to be underwater? Right. Don't you want to, like, be prepared to be above water? water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, treading? Yeah. I don't know. The logic is skewed. And yeah. Then, but then we see her walk into the ocean. And I feel like this is the second time we've seen this imagery, at least... In this season. Her inappropriate beachwear, too. Like, wearing, like, right. Uggs going into the ocean. I'm exactly. Like, oh, oh, Uggs right? gotta smell so bad now. <laughs> and weigh so much. Yeah. That, that'll keep you underwater, yeah, for sure. You definitely Death need to know how to... Take your Uggs off to go it's like the, the new ocean. It's like the new uh, Virginia Wolf with the rocks in her pockets. Yeah. So you just let the Uggs, like, <laughs> yeah. take in all the water and it's bring It's a wonder down. Zoe Kravitz is actually alive after they made her walk into that water with her Uggs on. But I can't tell if this is like some kind of fever dream or if this is something she actually did because it's a lot like the Jane imagery yeah. of I running off like the a cliff. Fever dream. Yeah. I, I equated it to like the Jane running off the cliff. See, okay. I think Bonnie is like unhinged enough that she's actually doing this. Like walking into the yeah, water. I, I think, back. you know, it's like a, I'm going to cleanse myself. It, um, are these the visions her and her mom are having? Maybe. Maybe. I, I think we've not seen the. Last Although I will plot. say that the scene where her mother is like seeing the song with uh, little Sky in mm-hmm. her room, like did kind of reframe the character of the mother for me. It made right. her a little it like normaled her out. Mm-hmm. I kind of was like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, less uh, less intense voodoo, <laughs> you know, overbearing, weird. overwhelming, yeah. weird. And I mean, more. I do think the show in general does a lovely job of making sure, minus like Renata, which again I think might probably that everyone be is like a rounded, but, you know, normal. There are mm-hmm. you know there are sides and facets to every kind of person and mm-hmm. different motivations and forming different. Well, not actions. normal. No one in the show is no. normal, but but we see a lot of the times like the initial action somebody takes, and we're like, oh my god, that's insane. And then like two episodes later, you kind of get context. For that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they do a really lovely job of, you know, having multifaceted female characters, which mm-hmm. many shows struggle with. Yeah. 
So later we see Bonnie telling, so Jane and her creepy new beau are <sighs> at the beach teaching Ziggy to surf, and Bonnie wanders up, and she's kind of telling Jane that she should tell this new boyfriend uh, about her past, and then she says, well, I'm a hypocrite because Nathan doesn't know who I am at all. And then Jane just basically, like, looks at her, but then walks away. Well, because, like, and, like is surfing. Yes, but it still seems like, like he's asking for bit. help. And Jane yeah, is yeah, like, it was a cry for that's help. That's too much for me right now. Bonnie, gotta go. But also, like, stepping back a second, why does Jane have her son with her on her, like, first date with this dude? I, I don't it's know. It's like the like, that's third a, date now. Yeah. Okay, but, yeah, not a great idea. What do we think Bonnie hasn't told Nathan? Like... Other than that she killed someone. You think she or killed someone? Or at least someone? one person that right. we know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I I don't know. I mean, she definitely... That she's apparently some sort of weird psychic. Yeah, that yeah. there's like something... That her mom straight up tried to drown her. <laughs> That's right. a biggie. All this stuff I think there's past. something else, though. I think there's like a big thing. I mean, going back to last episode where the mother says, you know, like, what have you done this time? Like, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be one of the big reveals of this season. Of yeah. Whatever did Bonnie do... And what, you know, again, Bonnie had no skin in the game, mm-hmm. was not a part of these ladies' lives before the Perry thing. Her reaction was it. visceral. That's yeah. not, you know, the behavior of someone that doesn't have some sort of traumatic past. I'm also starting to wonder if this is just a show about a bunch of white women not supporting their black friend. Like, Ooh. they're just oh, like... Yeah. Just go get there. Yeah. yeah. Not wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, it was an odd... I mean, Bonnie was, like, really looking for an interaction there right. that... I feel like yeah. you don't often get from Bonnie. Right. And, and Bonnie has, Bonnie and Jane seem mm-hmm. to have struck up this friendship. Right. And Jane did kind of leave her hanging. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if I was... The first time Jane hasn't been anything other than, like, fantastic with these, like, communication yeah. moments. And Jane was just kind of like, got that new dick, gotta go. And it was the most important one. Like, they've mm-hmm. all been talking about how much Bonnie is struggling. And yeah. when she tries to talk to her, she's just like, mm, sorry, my kid sort of half-surfed. I have to yeah. go scream about it for some reason. And then we don't... Clearly, she doesn't go back to her and say, I'm sorry, what what were you saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a hot mess, these people. Yeah. Um, Madeline wouldn't have done that. Madeline no. would be like, spill the tea, yes. sis. Like, yeah, my kid is drowned. That's okay. Yeah, that's, that's all right. right. Let's get some wine and talk this out. Yeah. <laughs> have you met my kids? They keep telling everybody secrets to everybody. They need to die anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so Mary Louise is a goddamn stalker. Mm-hmm. Um... On the Mary Louise front, in yeah. the beginning of this episode, you know how they do, like, the little recap yeah. of, mm-hmm. like, last week's episode? I found it so chilling in that episode, but when they did in the recap, it literally, like, I felt it when she goes, oh, you left that part out. Yeah, yeah. her delivery. Like, it literally, I was chilled. Yeah. <laughs> I was chilled by that. Meryl, and just blessing us. Just the way us. she mm-hmm. said it with that, that, that exhale, with the sound oh, she makes. you left that out. Oh, yeah. Just, Oh, it, it was just this very, uh, oh my gosh. We're blessed. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hashtag blessed. But it really um, sets her up for being this creepy, just pops up out of nowhere at your job, mm-hmm. outside your car, um, your home. So there was some speculation in the Facebook groups that, <laughs> this seems sort of insane to me, but I'm going to throw it out there, that maybe... They're making so much out of Ziggy's resemblance to Raymond and the paternity test and Jane being like, no, I know exactly who my son's father is because maybe it wasn't Perry. It was Raymond who's not really dead. Is that just too insane? 
Oh. I will be pissed if that's the case. I would that be is, really pissed, that too. Crazy. That's not the show. Yeah. yeah that... That would be quite the. That's twist. like a Desperate Housewives level. Yeah, and I I don't General think that, Hospital. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who knows? It could. But I think the fact that they've been like yeah, that's pretty like, confident about these. I feel like Big Little Lies is like more highbrow. That's yeah, like, this is yeah. HBO. This is like this Melrose is Television. Place. I mean, this but we Monterey, now have like, like psychic voodoo people showing yeah. up for no reason. I mean, like, who knows? <laughs> it's, I I don't think we can completely rule anything out on the show, but I would like to think the writers of the show aren't going to do that to us. But I I don't know. I just thought that it was more. Uh, I, I I don't know. It was weird that the kid that she showed her pictures mm-hmm. of this brother Raymond and that it does it does really look like Ziggy. Maybe Raymond killed the real Perry and started p- to pretend to be Perry. Oh. I feel <laughs> I'm out with that. Yeah. I'm throwing the whole television out. So that like it was Raymond was like the evil brother mm-hmm. and like acted you took over as Perry. He was but like do we know that Culkin and the good son? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That would be fucked up, and I, I would accept that. Um, so she also keeps telling us that Perry was such a gentle, tender little boy. So is she, is Mary She's Louise crazy. full of it, or is or was there a change at some point? Like, are we? Well, I mean, we've speculated that there must have been some abuse in his past. So was there? Like, do you think we're going to find out that there was something that caused him to change, or is this bitch just I think just we're setting this denial? up with the twins, that the twins witnessed the abuse and are now mm-hmm. exhibiting b- abusive mm-hmm. behavior, mm-hmm. and I think that parallel would play nicely with, obviously, yeah. Mary Louise is a straight-up psycho, and well, that had because in the next, Perry. the trailer for the next episode, that you see Celeste saying how, like, I trusted her, she was mm-hmm. like, I let her in my home, yeah. mm-hmm. so I think we're going to finally yeah. get some dirt on uh, Scary Louise. Um, and maybe that'll help figure out. Yeah, put some context as to what right. went wrong with Perry. So I think Jane is doing a really good job of standing up to Mary Louise while also like recognizing that she's dealing with a grieving mother who also yes. found out that her son She is has a dealt with her the best. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also Mary Louise's slut shaming of this is just yeah. oh. awful. <laughs> yeah. Really like Who Mary initiated Louise? this? Yeah. No, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. yeah. Mary oh Louise. my god. She's like, he was just into rough sex. And yeah. she's like, mm, not no, yeah. Not, yeah. But she did. I mean, I if that had been me, I would have straight punched that woman in the mm-hmm. face, coming no. to my place of work and like, accusing oh, me of God knows what. Like get I'd out. Have been flipping tables. Like yeah. you're out of your goddamn. So mind good on already. Jane for yeah. not freaking out. But also, like, she needs to maybe react more. (laughs) So somewhere before the season even really came out, I heard someone, I think maybe Reese Witherspoon, talking about how this season is a lot about the difference between, like, first and third wave feminism. Oh. And... Heady. How do you see this being played out with Mary Louise? Obviously, Mary Louise is first wave, and she's still slut-shaming, and she thinks ladies should be able to have a job, but that's, like, as far as she can go. But <laughs> You can wear slacks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're still wearing your cross necklace. And, <laughs> and, and a tasteful scarf. And a sensible heel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that there is... The, the generational study mm-hmm. where you have, like, Mary Louise to, you know, like, the Madeline, Renata. Celeste. Celeste, Bonnie. Well, Jane, Jane and Bonnie, I think I'm going to Jane and Bonnie, so, level. yeah, because mm-hmm. they're, so they're millennials, so mm-hmm. then they're that. And then you have the children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
who and are next level Gen Z crazy. Yeah. Right. I'm going to auction off my virginity to raise money for yeah. awareness about sex trafficking. So like, oh, you have no. like everything from Gen Z to, I guess, Meryl Streep, that would be like a boomer, right? Yeah, I guess so. So, yeah. So you have Gen Z, millennial. And mm-hmm. even like you look at like the way Celeste, Renata, and Madeline deal with some things, like they're mm-hmm. absolutely not you know, full woke feminists. They're no. frequently saying and doing things that aren't necessarily what Jane and Bonnie are doing and certainly not what the younger generation is doing. So I do think they're setting up that multi-generational exploration of what it means to be a woman mm-hmm. nicely. And how how you deal with things yeah. and how you view... How you react to things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, given the current cultural moment we're in, I do think this is like a really interesting mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I've always said I think it would be a really interesting idea for a podcast to have like three different generations all given the same question and just compare answers. I think, you know, there's... That's what we'll do when yeah, this season when we're on yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We um, So let's talk about hot teacher for a minute. Ugh. Is he hot. worse so than he's Christine? He's like not hot, hot but a hot idiot yeah. now. I'm like, oh. um, did you even read Charlotte's Web? Like, no, we, I don't know what he got. If anything, Templeton is about sustainability. First of all, he is eating everybody's he garbage. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a little Maybe we need to do a book actor. club edition of Charlotte's Web and set this teacher straight. <laughs> yes. Also, this is not to practice standards. Like, you should no. not be talking to kids about, like, the end of the planet at this age. Because obviously, poor Amabella and my favorite... A scene of this episode is Annabelle's little feet sticking out like the Wicked Witch of the West. Why is she in a closet? <laughs> like, he didn't notice she was sitting in a like, closet. When did she get up and go over to a closet? Yeah. I, I don't know. Everybody out and, of like, like look to see if on. you saw her like get up and wander off. But no, she was never even. You don't even ever see her sitting there. No. So she just got upset and like went off to the closet. That's so heartbreaking. <laughs> I also love that Renata's reaction is not like my daughter had an anxiety attack. She's like, my daughter's in a coma. Yeah. Like, Renata, she is not in a coma. She's yeah. fine. Well, She's awake. I, I She's think if Renata had reacted normally, that would I mean, have been of course not. Very it was, upsetting. It was lovely. But um, this scene with this teacher does kind of put him at level of sweater set. I, uh, whatever. What her? What's her name? Christina. Christine. It's really not yeah. her name, but we're just calling her Christine. Oh, right. Like okay. Well, yeah, I, I feel like I was all excited for him, and I thought maybe. He I mean, he's still hot. I'll still look at him. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I would not fuck someone who doesn't understand Charlotte's Web. I mean, he's hot. I would. Well, like, is this like his own weird curriculum, or is the school being like, no, Charlotte's Web is about sustainability, like? Principal Nepal is smoking too many cigarettes or something else. Like yeah. he he's not aware of what's going on. He just is messy. Yeah. I and also I thought his name was Nipple because that's what yeah, I'm saying it because I hadn't so, heard them say it out loud and I just assumed N I P P A L. I'm like, come on, it's Nipple. nipple. This is classic. Yeah, it's Nipple, but whatever. I'll, well, I I'll feel take like that that's L. supposed to be part of the joke. Yeah. Is that this guy insists on pronouncing his name? I had nipple. a high school English teacher whose name was he pronounced it Weiner, but it was obviously Weiner. Spelled Weiner. Uh-huh. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I same same thing. Isn't that the director of Mad Men too? Is Weiner, but it's for Probably. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just for sure. And. Uh, the author Jennifer Weiner. Yeah, right? Weiner, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So your name is Weiner. Yeah. Own yeah. it. If my last name was Weiner, I'd be like, what Anthony up? Anthony Weiner did. Yeah. 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 See how well that worked out for him. For him. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um. So 
why is someone as smart as Renata not aware of how her own anxiety is rubbing off on this kid? Like, I've been saying this since last season before she was involved in a Because mothers know, don't do that. I say to my but, mom all the time, I'm like, you have anxiety and it's causing trickle-down anxiety into everyone else. Because I certainly do not. I'm very balanced and sane. I'm like, yeah, that's why you have three glasses of wine every night. Yeah, on top of your cocktail at 5 o'clock. Um... But I'm so, sorry if you're listening to this, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing she's not. Good thing um, she's definitely not. <laughs> and so Amabella's doctor is my new favorite voice of reason. He is like, this whole family is bonkers, and you all need counseling. I love it's that he best. could get that in the five mm-hmm. seconds. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, anyone could have got. Also, Renata's I think... Renata's not quiet about her problems. No, and I think one of my favorite lines in this episode and it's such a throwaway because mm-hmm. they it's you hear it as they're like just mm-hmm. cutting to the next scene mm-hmm. they're like talking you know she and gordon are there on the bed and he starts talking to her and she goes don't talk to him yeah. <laughs> or don't talk to her and i just love that she's like just so aggressive that gordon should just not even be existing in their lives at this moment she's like literally like in a cat fight with him over her prostrate daughter and she still is like what why would you ever suggest i'm part of the problem she's yeah. She's bonkers. Um, I love it, though. I do not. Although, I mean, I love it for the memes. Between, you know. Just that for the memes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Between the climate change and her dad going to jail and her mom being wound up. She's probably not even allowed to play with that train set. That, yeah. 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 (laughs) Sorry. No. If you have model trains, you do Mm -hmm. not let children play with them. Also, there's no way that house has a basement. No. It's a parking garage. The entire house is a basement. It's a bunker. (laughs) There's no way. All right, so we keep seeing Madeline and Celeste in this car just sitting in a parking lot talking to each other. because Tom's coffee store swept away. (laughs) I assume it's because they want, like, privacy, and they assume if they're, like... Because I I had to think about that, too. I was like, why why are these bitches just sitting around in a parked car? Yeah. But I came to the conclusion... They can't be at home. They can't can't be be at home. They don't want to be in public. Like, they have to... Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Well, so we learned that... uh, Madeline walked in on her dad humping some strange and um, was slightly mortified by it, I guess. Um, And that she now believes marriage is not to be trusted. This is what we're learning from her. Is this like, I mean, does it make sense with Madeline to you? Does this seem like her character? I think if Madeline was looking at the sum total of her experiences, Mm -hmm. maybe, but just to say, like, after, you know, the four-year-old experience, you know, why'd you get married then, Mm -hmm. Madeline? Twice. Yes. Mm -hmm. If marriage is not to be trusted and you pick that little nugget up because when you were four, and also, I am not convinced a four-year-old would remember that. I think a four-year-old would see something like that and be like, oh, dad was giving a massage or a a side hug. Yeah, I kind of, I mean... I, you hear stories all the time, and they, like, make jokes about this on TV, like, kids walking in on, like, parents mm-hmm. having sex. Apparently, Kelly Ripa and Kelly Mark Ripa and Mark kids kids I was just about to reference that. Yeah. Like, her But daughter, she was 18. It was her 18th birthday, oh. and she, like, woke up in the morning to, like, bust into her parents' bedroom and, like, walked in on Kelly Ripa and uh, Mark Consuelos having sex and was like, you're ruining my day, my life, yeah. everything. But, like, you know... Uh, Get her I away. Your parents are hot. I was going to say, it's Mark Consuelo, so it could be worse. Yeah. It could be Gordon Klein. Like, no offense, Jeffrey Nordling. We love you. <laughs> I saw your old headshots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we looked into that. Um, but I, I think, like, at four, you probably wouldn't have... I mean, I think that the, she would know it's not her mom, though. Right. So I guess that would be... I mean, could she have enough of a memory of it to, like, put it together later? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. But I, I to say that she thinks that like marriage is is like a sham and or like I, I don't know that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Although really she did have, she Madeline. had well, she did have an affair last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, she wasn't really holding true to the sanctity of marriage, and we don't know if she cheated when she was married to. Yeah, true. I just don't think Madeline knows how to deal with the situation, so she's just like throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. It also feels like it's a different explanation than the one we got last season for her, for her affair, which was like, I'm bored with my husband, I'm bored with not having a career, I'm completely unsatisfied, so I'm gonna go hump like I want more attractive theater director. Um, and now we're learning that she just has a problem with marriage in general. Like, it doesn't, I don't know, it seems like a slightly different answer. Yeah. Um, but then, so, also in the, the sanctity of the car, we learn that Celeste needs to find joy because Perry helped her find joy. And she thinks she was a better parent. Um, is she finding joy with some random dude while sleep driving? And, <laughs> like, we don't know yet. I mean, it... <laughs> I, I think that she is doing a great job portraying a woman who is kind of a shell mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You know when mm-hmm. you see someone and they're just that. sort of... Mm-hmm. She plays part, a shell very they're well. They're like, yes, yeah. They're just kind of, they're there, but they're not there. In some ways, she's doing a slightly better job than Zoe Kravitz, right? Because Zoe Kravitz is like almost like... Um, and maybe this is just the difference in the way that characters are written, but Bonnie's character is almost like performing her grief constantly. Like, she can't be bothered to talk to anybody. She's not engaging. The so way in she this episode, to. there were several moments where I was looking at Zoe Kravitz on screen, and mm-hmm. she, like, when she was acting, like, petulant and sad. She seems like a sullen teenager. Well, yes, and yeah. she looks so much like her mom in Cosby Show. Oh, yeah. That I, I like, was like, oh, hey, Denise Huxtable. <laughs> like, because something about her facial expression mm-hmm. was, like, so sulky, and mm-hmm. and uh, it had this quality that really, like, because I think she looks quite a bit like her mom oh, anyway. but like exactly like her mom. Yeah, mom. yeah, but it, her expression and her demeanor and just even the physicality she took on, mm-hmm. it really, to me, was like Denise Huxtable. So I do think, I mean, there are just different ways of coping, but right. in my opinion, uh, Nicole Kidman's portrayal of this and the way that the Celeste character, it's just this, like, very empty shell. I'm here, I'm getting through the day, I'm sort of doing stuff, but, like, I'm not joyful about any of it. Like, I anything, can't be you could to, tell, like, like she my is hair. in that... Yes, like yeah. she's in that phase where anything that used to bring her joy, like at least getting dressed in nice mm-hmm. clothes, and even though like you know Perry complimenting her would mm-hmm. just lead to horrible, gross things. <laughs> yes, but it still was something that was titillating. And God, God is there any better word than titillating? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> it is my yeah. favorite word. I like when I can like throw oh, it in, such especially a when word. it has like a really good content. I like to just emphasize like, titillating. Titillating. It's like it's hot, but it's also creepy yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, So we also get Madeline and Celeste finally sort of discussing the fact that Madeline had no clue that her best friend was being abused by her husband and Celeste sort of reassuring her and saying, if you'd known, you would have jumped in the pool and pulled me out, which is a reference to the book and to this idea that Madeline once saved her son from drowning, uh, another drowning reference. Which was in the book. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um... Do, she says to, Celeste says to Madeline, like, if you were in that situation, you would have left. Do you think that's true? I 
would like to think so. I think mm-hmm. Madeline yeah. is kind of more of like a no bullshit type of yes. person mm-hmm. and is also a lot more reactive mm-hmm. than, you know, Celeste is just like reacts because she has to and Perry's mm-hmm. beating the shit of her and she's like, well, there comes a point where I, I have to I feel like back. with Madeline, she when might it would get ass- violent, mm-hmm. she would have been the grabbed a knife in the yeah. kitchen yeah. and just like stabbed <laughs> Ended him. it. No, yeah. no television show mm-hmm. necessary. Right. And Madeline would have screamed so loud there would have been yeah. police Because I am, minutes. there is a part of me yeah. that has that like aggressive quality like a Madeline. And I know. I think that for sure my like fight or flight instinct would be yeah. much more. I feel like Madeline also sees stuff very much in black and white, whereas Celeste seems to only see the gray in issues. Like mm-hmm. she's, you know, this is a pretty black and white issue. Like if your husband's kicking you in the stomach, like that's not good. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, it's passionate. It's like, yeah, no, I'll Celeste, get some painkillers. <laughs> that's when not it. Me. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> um, Such a dark scene. So. Abigail isn't an asshole in this episode, but Ed is. Um, We see, uh, we get a couple of good scenes with Abigail um, apologizing to her mom for spilling the beans about her. Getting her her mom a glass of wine. Yes. Or being, well, no, she is asked to get get, a glass of wine. And then she doesn't. She just stays there. She's a monster. She gives her a hug. I'm like, yeah. no, Abigail, that's not no, what she asked for. No, yeah. Abigail, go get a fucking glass of wine. In fact, get the bottle. Your mama needs it. Yeah. Um... But meanwhile, Ed's hanging out with Bonnie basically to just piss Madeline and Nathan off. Ed is going to be sticking his dick in anything that accepts it. <laughs> this mean season. Tori's new tits? Yeah. Tori tits. Ew. But he's probably trying to kick it to Bonnie. Yeah. Like, you know, anything. And Bonnie seems to have forgotten about that scene in, like, season one where he was like, I love sweat on a woman. And Bonnie was like, oh, my God, God. get out of my life. Yeah, so, I feel like there's a lot of... I feel like Bonnie and Ed are using each other just to make their significant others jealous, which yeah. is only going to drive Nathan and Madeline back together. I was just about to say, I feel like there's a lot... Yeah. Like, they are both just Could trying... Could I just wife siblings or sibling, Jesus, wife-husband swap? Like, yeah, some, some wife swap. Um, Ed also tells us he's embracing his cruelty because being a decent human being didn't seem to work uh, for him Ed. before. I mean, does this make any sense? It's like, no. what is no, going on with No, that's so him? slimy. Yeah. Knowing that, like, your wife's going to be a piece friend of now. was an abuser, mm-hmm. and all this, all these, like, undertones of, you know, domestic violence going on, and he's like, I'm going to embrace my cruel side. Like, mm-hmm. does he think that's sexy now? No. No, it's and not. you've still got a kid. You're like, like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just leave town. You have a daughter who is going to witness this. <laughs> <laughs> So we also see him being weirdly aggressive to Celeste after this bizarre, what do we see, call it? I saw this as Celeste being, actually stepping her pussy up. Yeah. Okay. I was This was the first time mm-hmm. I was like, yes, Celeste has arrived. Yeah. Maybe she is finally going to be. Yeah, yeah. Because this was a woman, remember we talked about this, mm-hmm. she was an attorney. Right. Like she had to be able to like speak up and be in pat like it's like so much more powerful control. when she says it too because she's such like a yeah a when she was like doll. that's your fucking wife up there yeah. and you let her have this public meltdown <laughs> yeah. and i was so proud of celeste because i felt like last year she wouldn't mm-hmm. have said it so right look i totally agree but his response to that oh is no he's like, awful yeah he says like <laughs> maybe we could get coffee sometime then you can inform me about the other things i missed which first of all like her fucking life is not your business you piece of shit yeah. and stop and trying to have dates with all the women yeah, in Monterey, like, like making the coffee store rounds. Like, yeah tom would never let that happen in his coffee store Ugh. but do we think this means he's suspicious and I've said it from the start. Ed is suspicious. I thought from the no, movie. no, no. I don't mean we're suspicious oh, of him. I is am. he suspicious of them and what oh, happened yeah. to Perry? And he's like 
poking around to I try think so. to get yeah, some Yeah, yeah. Snide Fox suspects, mm-hmm. and he he just he's becoming more of a liability than anything. I wouldn't be surprised point. at this point, given the way Bonnie, you know, Nathan is stressed about whatever Bonnie's hiding, if, like, Nathan and Ed join forces to uncover this, because mm-hmm. we've been seeing them, like, at odds for so long. I wouldn't be surprised if it turned around and they're like, we're going to unpack this together, because... And do you think that might be... <laughs> and what? then bang each other's wives. Yes. Or each other. Or each other. That would be satisfying. In bike shorts. Is that what turns them around and gets them to come back to their, like, respective marriages? Like, oh, shit, we have to hunker down and protect everybody. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Mm, I don't know. Um, So we... We mentioned Madeline's meltdown on stage about climate change that somehow turns into us not telling children the truth. Did anyone else have to, like, look, like go back and look up the lyrics to Rainbow Connection? Which is a song I'm yes. actually quite familiar with, yeah. like, but I went back to, like, it's a I much don't remember. darker song than yes, I Yes, that's thought. where I'm going with this. I guess I was only familiar with the first verse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Madeline really unpacked it for me in a way I had never thought about before. I'm like, wow, Madeline, okay, this is a really crazy thing to say in front of all these parents, <laughs> but, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, Changed and the fact that that, like, jumped to her mind. Kermit was always a depressive, though. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, Piggy was stepping out on him left and right. Yeah, and he like, he's that, a like, bit of a Madeline, let's yeah. be honest. Yes. Wow, we should do a whole episode right? comparing yeah. like, the Muppets. Yeah, which kind of makes Kermit and Ed. Oh, wow. Ew, yeah. No, I love is. Kermit too much. I don't know. Kermit's a little bit of a snide fuck. <laughs> no, no. The snide Renata fuck, is definitely animal. The snide fuck of the Muppets is like... I, I, I don't even know. Okay, stay tuned for our episode comparing yeah. Big Little Lies to the Muppets. Um, so one of the things Madeline keeps saying is that we have to stop Swedish chef. The kids. Swedish chef is a snide fuck. <laughs> Carolyn is not going to let oh, this go. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Swedish chef, does he even speak? He just like throws vegetables around. You don't around. need to speak to be a snide fuck. Adam Scott does it the second his face appears. Um, okay, so let's try this again. Um... <laughs> Madeline keeps talking about how the, we need to be more honest with the children and tell them the whole truth and stop telling them everything's going to be okay. And then we see Abigail talking to her about her own meltdown, and she tells she tells Madeline, like, it's going to be okay. Ed's going to come back. Do we assume she does not believe that? That she's lying to her mom like you lie to a kid? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For I mean, sure. She's just like... Abigail's, don't be cry. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, like these emotions. Yeah. Also, by Ziggy's definition, during the whole weird Charlotte's Web conversation, like that makes her a grown-up. Like when you lie yeah. to yes. protect the ones you love. Um, let's just talk about date night with Jane for a minute. Sure There's very not much to talk about, but um, Jane wants to idle in neutral for a while, according to... Throw that car in reverse. That's my favorite when I'm on a date, and I'm like, I want to idle in neutral. Yeah. Like, awesome. Is this why she's not dating Tom, and she's dating this complete weirdo instead? Do you think she has that on her dating profile? Like, on her, like, bubble? Hashtag idle in neutral. Yeah, idling in neutral. Looking for somebody to take long walks on the beach with. Um, an idol and neutral. And dance to Sufjan Stevens, yeah. which is not danceable music, but okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the end of the world real quick. Uh, climate change and this weird teacher's diatribe. Oh, no, I'm not sad they didn't teacher's use diatribe. the REM song in this episode, by the way. That is a... Who is on music duty this time around? Because right? I can barely remember any of the music. Or at least, like, that. Um, there's that string quartet cover of it, which mm-hmm. is quite, quite exquisite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really, like, dropped a ball here. They could have... 
They could have delivered on that. So we've got climate change and this weird diatribe about the farm-raised fish that goes on for, like, way too long. Um, although all the hot topics. Although I have lost it, but I used to carry around a thing from the Monterey Aquarium in my wallet that told you which fish to eat and which ones not to eat. From the Monterey Aquarium? Yes. Oh, my God. It's like a little booklet they gave you, and it was like, don't I'm going to California next week. I'm going to go try and find a replacement for you. Like, for the record, do not eat Chilean sea bass. you got to eat some oh, other shit I heard shit that's, instead. like, filled with parasites. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not just that, it's bad for the environment. And like, it's overfished. But I'm yeah. like, at this point, I'm like, dude, if the fish are filled with antidepressants, like, double down, everybody yeah. in this town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone in Monterey, like, up your fish, up your fish intake here. This just reminded me of a book called The Lust Lizard of Melancholy Cove by... Oh, it's by, the greatest <laughs> title of a book ever. Yeah. It's by Christopher Moore, and it's about a town where the... The one therapist decides to, like, start giving everybody placebos for their antidepressants, and this giant sea lizard is attracted by their depression and just starts terrorizing Wait, the town. this sounds amazing. It's bonkers and hilarious. Christopher Moore is the best. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Endorsements. Um, and it takes place somewhere in Northern California on the coast, so wow. it may very well be mine. Maybe our next book club. So anxiety is goddamn epidemic in the school. Principal Nepal is right, even though he's way ruder to the parents than any principal would ever actually be allowed to be. (laughs) He's closet smoking with the hot teacher, telling everyone to shut up. Is he going to have a nervous breakdown? Is he going to lose his job? He's having a fingers crossed breakdown. That is a nervous. You cannot speak to your parents and they're basically your employee. Your Employers, they pay right. the taxes that keep you. I mean, I understand that clearly, like these women, this town is just a lot. Mm-hmm. But like, you can't, you can't do that. And but and to be mad at Renata of all people, whose child has been abused within this school and is now passing out in a closet where no one knew she was apparently, like. She has every right in the world to be mad, and they should be apologizing profusely. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with this fucking principal? I, I, I think the whole faculty of Otter Bay needs a revamp. Like, all of these people are just... For a community yeah. where, like, the taxes are probably very, very high yeah. to And in the book, like, school. it was a public school, so it's like, okay, you know, whatever. But this is, like, an elite... Oh, is this, like, a private school? Yes. I thought it was just no, a public... No, I think it's a public school. Is it? Yes. Because it's, like, a high-end community with very, like, okay. you know... Okay. They, taxes, say, so. they say in the first season, like, you you can um, get, like, a private school education for a public... Mm-hmm. Okay, For cool. a public school. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take it back. Don't listen to me. But... Still, like, no, you don't as a no, principal. I mean, that makes it worse, frankly, that he's a public school teacher right. that's like, you know, you've got to teach a certain standards. Although, mm-hmm. to be fair, maybe what on the back end, like, he has, like, superintendents breathing down his neck. Maybe he's getting questioned all the time by mm-hmm. the cops. Like, yeah. you know, I... I yeah, like, he never might... forget, we didn't know he was the principal for all of season one. We just thought he was a talking head. I don't like, think he was the principal. No, he was. I think he's, he was he? one of yeah. the talking heads. I just oh. don't think no, it was No, they went into the principal's was... office with all the bullying, and it was him. It oh, was him? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a woman. No, it was oh, him. All right. We'll have to go back and watch season one again. We're not doing our job <laughs> here. <laughs> um, our, okay, okay, so let's talk about the coming next week a little bit. Yeah. Because there was some real shit in here. So one, we see that they're back in a hospital mm-hmm. at some point. Specifically Bonnie we see in the hospital. And I think Mary Louise is like eyeing her. Who do we think is in the hospital? I... I, I don't know. I mean, it could be literally anyone. It could be... Sky, Sky. I mean, this. I think we're gonna maybe get the like 
the drowning prophecy fulfilled. Somebody mm-hmm. has a near drowning mm-hmm. experience, whether it's Bonnie or Sky or Principal Nepal snaps and jumps mm-hmm. off the cliff. I don't know. So we also see Celeste finding some sort of paperwork and then she's going on about how she let her into her home and she trusted her and blah, blah, blah. Do we think it's something about Mary Louise specifically and something she might have done in the past? Or is it just like Mary Louise is in cahoots with the police and trying to bring them all down? Like, I think she's going to find out that she's Mary Louise went to the police like station. Like an affidavit or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, who's the worst person in this episode? I mean, we can't answer Mary Louise every week, even though mm-hmm. Mary Louise definitely is up there. So I guess Snide Fuck. He was pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Snide Fuck, for sure. Uh, I, I actually I actually think, like, Nipple mm-hmm. was a pretty... pretty well, also Bo Peep. Terrible. Yeah, and okay. Bo Peep is just terrifying. In terms of, like, haunting my dreams for the mm-hmm. rest of my life, Bo Peep forever and always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I might have to go with Mary Louise this week because she's straight up, like, trying to force a rape survivor into taking yeah, a paternity truth. test. Like, and yeah. also being like, are you sure you didn't awful. ask for it? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. no. Mary Louise. Um, who's but the like, best? But, like, Snidefuck was really... He was pretty awful. He was really slimy. A lot of bad people this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so who's the best person? Um, I'd say usually Jane, mm-hmm. but like Jane's treatment of Bonnie, not about it. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty rude. So, I mean, the the uh, therapist is doing good work. She was, you know, calling people out, but at least mm-hmm. she's trying to push everybody in the right direction. So I'm going to go with the therapist this week. She's working overtime. I think like Renata is just so... Like, I mean, we stand. She's like, just like so crazy that like personally, I think she was like... The best in this episode, just because uh, this is like this is amazing and a protective mother. I mean, she is trying to make sure sure. that this is is... a that it is a train wreck that I am loving watching. I am just sitting here with my glass of wine, watching that train wreck. Makes her the best person in the episode for me. But also, I I really think that uh, Jane like showed some real like dignity and strength in dealing with Mary Louise. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, I'm going to go with Amabella's doctor because he is just spot on and apparently for some reason Renata can't get her daughter to a decent therapist even though we know they exist in this town Mm -hmm. so I I really enjoyed the doctor and he's sort of like the replacement of some of the talking heads who is just being like this what is happening these people are crazy I recommend therapy for all of you Mm -hmm. (laughs) great so did you guys have a favorite line from this episode? I only have one word that used to be two words that yeah. will now forever be one word for me, and that is puss fuck. Yeah. That is my new word for all men. I'm just literally like, oh, that guy was a puss fuck. Somebody cuts me off on the highway. It's a great word. So great. Yeah. Uh, I think that you and I have the same one, mm-hmm. that she's very strange, Madeline. Oh, my God. Can we talk about this scene for a minute? Because <laughs> it's a throwaway really scene, but talk- it's so yeah, good. Yeah. It's another one that happens, like, right before a cut to, to another one, and you almost miss it. Renata and Madeline have formed this weird friendship where, like, Renata is here for. really relying on Madeline, and Madeline seems to sort of, sort of be tolerating Renata, and... Renata shows up at the um, real estate office that for some reason still employs Madeline, even though she doesn't seem to ever do anything, and gets into a weird confrontation with Mary Louise, and when she's like, what the fuck was that? And <laughs> Reese Madeline just goes, like, oh, she's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh 
so hard both times I watched this episode. I want to hang out with Laura Dern and Reese Witherspoon so badly. Yes. Um, were you even able to come up with the best song for this so one? So I actually really like the song where Jane, when Scary Louise like stalks Jane and she's mm-hmm. like getting into her car. I looked up that song. It's called Bluebird of Happiness. Oh. It's a nice like moody song. I was like, yeah. I would play this while I'm in a like a dark place. Just this show does moody like sort of yeah. ambient instrumental mm-hmm. indie music really well. Yeah, mine's kind of similar. Mine's I always like the songs they pick at the end of the episodes to kind mm-hmm. of usher us out that are kind of That's melancholic. A good one too. Mm-hmm. So the Dreaming My Dreams with You by Cowboy Junkies. Which, oh wow! Old also, show. the song when Gordon is like sitting there playing with his toys that mm-hmm. he's blasting. Karma Coma. That's by Massive Attack. Yep. I recognize that. I love Massive Attack. Yep. They have really... That's, that's uh, the group Tricky was in, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I was really a fan of the whatever Bonnie's mom and Bonnie were singing to Little Sky. I have no idea what it is, but I just, just thought it was a really sweet little, little... I don't think it was creepy. I, thought, I don't know. I just think all little like <laughs> children folk songs are all kind of creepy. <laughs> Well, most of them are about like the but plague I think that was a sweet or moment. something. Like yes. I said, that to, to me the that would mean we're on the rosy. Yeah. We're on the rosy, yeah. <laughs> right? When you so found out what that song is about, weren't right. you like, exactly. well, I mean, it's everything like in my life is a lie. Yeah. It's like Charlotte's Web being about climate change. Talk about a big lie. And Rainbow Connection. Yes. Oh, Rain- yeah, Rainbow Connection. Shout out to that song. Which mm-hmm. weird that they didn't choose Have, like, to Have like a weird Insta- right. Agnes uh, Obel cover that, of Rainbow yeah, Connection. Yeah, they had two missteps here. They didn't use It's the End of the World as we know it or rainbow connection so we're going to introduce something new this time what is everyone's favorite outfit from this episode i mean for me it's got to be the crocodile alligator power suit strong shoulder blazer <laughs> that renata busts into principal nepal's office in. i mean just i also have a renata it. outfit i loved the outfit where she's yelling at gordon in yes. his in his play bunker mm-hmm. she is this like green blouse with like this like long ascot thing yeah. and then this cute little like military style blazer and the purse yeah i was like when She's I grew up, I'm dressing like starting this. Starting to dress like a dictator or something. Like, it's a Oh, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, shout out to Bo Peep. Like, yeah. That's an outfit. <laughs> uh, sure I'm Halloween going as Bo Peep the therapist. Yeah. Brilliant, right? Uh-huh. I don't want to I mean, see you. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you wear the flippers to go along with it. Like, what for whatever reason. Uh, I feel like my, I feel like I have big enough teeth. I don't yeah. need those flippers, but. Um. um I'm going to go with the outfit Celeste is wearing while she's doctoring her own bruises. Like, it's like... Little sundress Cardi. Yeah. Moment. Very cute. Very cute. I like that color combination on... It was one kid. of her better outfits this season. Mm-hmm. She's been very muted, I think, obviously, intentionally. And this mm-hmm. is one of the first times like, we've seen her wearing a print. frump yeah. dump Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm hoping she comes out of that. So, uh, we're going to continue with recommendations this, um, this episode. Who wants to start? Okay, well, you're both looking at me, yeah. so I guess I'll go. So, in the vein, I literally just watched too much television. Mm-hmm. I think this is the, the general consensus here. But I really am a big fan of The Good Fight mm-hmm. on CBS with Christine Baranski just slaying everybody. Oh. I mean, talk about, like, amazing wardrobe, amazing mm-hmm. feminism, amazing women just not taking a single ounce of shit. It's great. Also, Egret from Game of Thrones is in it. So, mm-hmm. if you're missing Game of Thrones, get your fix there. So the good fight, you can get it on. I think it's on CBS All Access, which is highly unfortunate. She needs but, that money too because Jon yeah. Snow's like still in rehab or something. She's got to continue about you, paying Jon for Snow. that. Mm-hmm. 
All right, I have two. Mm-hmm. One is uh, you on Netflix. Oh, you. oh God, yeah. We could yeah. do a whole podcast this, on yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. So if you're like, you know, looking for more drama and mystery and... Mm-hmm. And ridiculousness. Ridiculousness and violence. And, and weirdly... Weird like, everything. Liking the abuser, kind of. Yes, like, yeah. Like, and then Peach Salinger is like a... Peach Salinger, the silliest name in all of the right? galaxy. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched it, do that. Also, if you're looking for um, something to read other than Big Little Lies... Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a great, like I picked up in an airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got like stranded in a Chicago airport over the winter and, um, in a dark, dark wood by Ruth Ware. Oh yeah. Uh, oh wait, no. She's written some other, Ruth Ware also. I get her confused with Tana French, but. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. The, yes. Also good stuff. Mm-hmm. But in a dark, dark wood is a kind of, uh, it, it has like a similar, it's a similar thing to Big Little Lies. There okay. is, uh. There's, like, a murder, but it, that's not what anyone ever set out to have happen. Mm-hmm. It's a good, fun, it's a good, fun, interesting read. I've been reading and intense. Um, a book called The Family Fang by an author whose name I can't remember. But um, it's about this weird family who, like, the parents force the kids into making this bizarre art. It's not, like... It's like they create happenings. They just like create chaos in public and they'll film it and stuff and they become famous for doing this and the kids grow up to kind of resent it and have like their own shock problems. Art? Yeah, like oh, they yes. like for instance they'll um there's one there one of their in the, uh like art installments is they make the they just give the kids instruments that they don't know how to play and teach them some songs and like let them just like sing in a park. And then when when people start gathering around them, the parents like infiltrate the crowd and start heckling the kids until like Wait, I love this. It's is, very Monterey. Yeah. Until like a riot breaks out and like people are there's the people who just want to support the kids and their art, and then there's the people who are like, no, you guys suck, stop. And it turns into like an all-out brawl, and the parents are just so excited and they're like bloodied and bruised, and um, oh my god, but. The story is taking place when the kids are older and there is a murder mystery slash has anyone really been murdered mystery at the heart of it. And it's okay. What's it called again? The Family Fang. Okay. And it's bookmarking so much. It's so different than anything I've ever read and hilarious and bizarre. Cool. Uh, Um. All right. Well, with that, we'll just remind you to follow us at at Big Little Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and at Big Little Pod on Twitter. Just a quick thing: uh-huh. The Family Fang was a movie starring Nicole Kidman. At what? One point. Yeah. Oh. Hi, Christopher Walken, Jason Bateman, and Nicole Kidman. When did that come Jason out? Jason Bateman. Yeah. Christopher on. Walken. Twenty fifteen. Wow, I didn't even think the book was that old. Yeah, there that's you go. crazy. We're gonna have to watch it now that I've yeah. recommended it. And Nicole Kidman is in it. What? Crazy. A, what a six degrees of separations twist we get to end on today. Yes. <laughs> All right, and now that you are fully, now that we wrap it up in a yeah. bow for you, mm-hmm. follow just, us on the social media. We're just gonna go to bed. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>